All right, my peoples, good morning. You are tuned into a special Election Day edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected, just as long as you got them facts. Uh, like I said, this is an Election Day edition, so we're going to get right into that with the world on the street. And uh, there's a lot of a lot that's on the line with this year's election, uh, at least this midterm election. Uh, the Democrats can win up to 38 total seats in the House of Representatives. They just need 23 to take back control. Uh, Republicans should maintain uh, control of the Senate. There were two seats that the Democrats uh, were should have uh, well might not be able to get that would sway their uh, control in that realm but it looks like the republicans will like i said will maintain control of the senate uh at this point in time trump's approval rating is about 40 percent now all the polls at this point in time show democratic leads but we don't know this is election day things could go all different this is what happened in the 2016 election um and 65 percent of voters do feel good about the economy with that being said so there is some positivity that Trump is doing well there is some positivity that Trump is bringing with the economy although I don't think it's necessarily a result of him I just think it is a result of you know where our economy was headed even going back to Obama I don't really think he's to really give credit for for this I'm just going to be honest with you uh, but in terms of other facts going on right now early voting in early voting in Texas is see its actual turnout voter turnout in total in 2014 uh, turnout is usually low for midterm elections, but 34.34.3 uh, million people have already voted um, in earlier uh, in early voting, and this is more like again, this is more than last in the actually the last elections, the last midterm election in 2014. Uh, this is 20 uh, 20 uh, sorry 27.5 million in 2014. Uh, again, there is a lot of drama, uh, more so than ever in this. Um, in this election, uh, there was an anti-immigrant anti-immigrant ad that was recently made by Republicans that was pulled from TV. Uh, recently, this was describing an illegal immigrant that was allowed to come into this country by Democrats that eventually ended up killing a sheriff. That ended up not being true. That none of that was true. But what is true is that there is a white supremacist group called the Road to Power making calls to governor candidates uh, Stacey Abrams from Georgia and also Andrew Gilliam in Florida. Both these are prominent um, prominent nominees in their states. They are looking to actually they are leading in their state races, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So there is that race element in there, uh, despite what the right wing wants to say. Uh, there's definitely some, uh, we already know about the the caravan situation. Uh, Trump and his party are pushing the the uh drug cartel line or the you know the the violent the violent criminal line in terms of you know who's making up the the consensus of that caravan so there's a lot of there's a there's still a lot of racial tension they're not trying to really you know they're not trying to really address it on the right wing on the republican side but there is i'm sorry uh they're calling up these people calling them monkeys and all type of stuff these are governor candidates these they do not deserve your disrespect if you're not going to vote for them vote for the other guys that simple but there is a racist element they keep always trying to deny it but there it is in your face uh obama rallied in ohio in Indi as well as Indiana, <coughs> birthplace of the modern-day Klan, and also Missouri, <coughs> the places where they play some of the lowest 
lowest dollar dollar uh, dollar wages in the country. So there you go. Uh, Obama uh, he campaigned on behalf of the uh, Democrats. He was in Virginia earlier yesterday, uh, yesterday morning. Uh, he also uh, went around the country as well. And um, like I said, the turnout. Is higher than any point in this election. Like I said, all seats at the in the House of Representatives are up for grabs. I believe there's about 35 seat, uh, 35 uh, seats in the Senate that are up for grabs, and there are also 35 or I believe 38 uh, seats, uh, governor seats up for uh, up for grabs as well. Now let's get back. Let's get into the local side of things. Of course, I'm from California, so we're going to talk about a little bit of the stuff going on here. Uh, we have our main propositions on the ballot. Uh, this year they're pushing housing, housing, and housing. Four of the four of the major propositions on this year's ballot in California have to do with housing. One, two, five, and ten. And let's break those down real quick right here. Uh, Prop one uh, will basically use bonds to provide public housing. Prop two is housing for those with mental illness. Prop five is uh, housing and uh, basically the taxing of that housing for seniors. And then prop ten is rent control. Uh, these obviously these both have their all of these have their uh deep pros and cons however i think in the issue where we do have issues with housing affordability with housing uh, i will look into those propositions and i would vote uh, with what makes you feel comfortable personally i i'm a potential renter i'm a potential buyer at one point in terms of in terms of any housing so i'm looking to make sure that it's affordable for me that's that's how I look at it. It's pretty much that simple. Uh, also, another major ballot that we have in California right now is the repeal of the gas tax, Proposition Six. Uh, again, uh, we've been we've been paying the most at the pump out of any state in the nation for quite some time here. I don't see where it's really made any. Um, any real benefits to our roads to our freeways they haven't uh, really necessarily they've done a couple things uh, they've done a couple freeway projects I know on uh, the freeway on uh, I-80 uh, headed uh, eastbound and westbound in the you know Hercules Pinole area they've done some work there uh, but not a whole lot of work in my opinion uh, the Bay Bridge is still a sucky bridge so again I'm not too sure where the money is going so I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't necessarily be adverse to having a gas tax taken away especially if it's not going there and I don't think it is going to those those bridges and those roads like those people claim that they are and that's just my opinion and we also have some mayor um, some major races here in terms of uh, uh, you know, governor and stuff like that. We got Gavin Newsom, uh, former mayor of San Francisco and also lieutenant governor of California, running up against Republican candidate John Cox, who's a businessman and accountant uh, dealing with corporate law and tax planning. Now, um, not much is known about John Cox, but I will let you in on a little bit, just in case you didn't know. Uh, back in the uh, early 90s, he was dealing with a scandal. Uh, now, mind you, he's not from California. He's from Illinois. And uh, while he was in Illinois, he was dealing with a uh, a family that owned their own potato chip uh, company they were the Jack family in uh, Illinois excuse me and uh, he was accused of accused excuse me of self-dealing uh, he charged excessive and unnecessary fees to this family misused their prop partnership funds and also violated Illinois state law and he ended up settling out of court actually he settled in court with a settlement of up to uh, over a million or so dollars now, I'm pretty sure that there's more to that story than that um, but that's just you know again that's just the basis to kind of let you know who else is on your ballot uh, he got started off in 76 running for the 
running for a delicate position in a Democratic National Convention, uh, but then he switched to Republican in 87. Uh, from 2000 to 2002, he would run for Congress and Senate, uh, but lost in both primaries. Uh, he served as president of the Cook County Republicans and then ran for the uh, Republican presidential nominee in 2008, which he didn't win. And then he ended up moving to California in 2011. So that's just a little bit more background on your Republican candidate. We know a little bit about Gavin Newsom already. We's, we've seen him in action. Uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, as mayor of San Francisco, he brought in the same-sex marriage licenses and then also uh, worked to make San Francisco a sanctuary city for uh, illegal immigrants. So he's done some positive things. Uh, we already, like I said, we already kind of know who he is, know uh, where he got his start from. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the other side a little bit, just so you know. Uh, we also got the battle, uh, the battle for Secretary of State. Uh, the incumbent Democrat Alex Padilla is going to go up against Mark Muser, a Republican. And here's another another entertaining, well, not entertaining, but another important matchup here. We got Stephen Bailey, a Republican uh, and a judge in El Dorado County for eight years, going up against the incumbent Democrat Xavier Bercera. And this is for Attorney General. I think these are. This is also an important role because this is, this administers your justice. This administers your your you know uh, your law, your law and order, so on and so forth. Uh, let's just get into a little bit about Xavier Becerra, the incumbent so far. He rep Los Angeles in Congress uh, from 1993 to 2017. He also served on the National Commission of Fiscal Responsibility and Reform. He also is against Social Security and Medicare cuts. And he also brought, a, brought 14 charges against the Center for National Progress for a... Uh, for some, uh, for what he believed to be some violations, of course, uh, the the Supreme Court eventually dropped that case, but he is bringing that back up. Uh, so he's definitely into uh, justice for the people. And one thing that I, because I listened to a little bit of both these candidates speak, um, Mr. Bracera and also uh, ba Bailey as well. And one thing that I will say about both of these candidates and a lot of the de more de a lot of the Democratic uh, candidates, to to be honest with you, uh, they're more they are um, concerned with bringing California back together or you know improving things about California, which I think is nice. Uh, but they also want to challenge on a uh, national scale and make sure on a national stage that they are represented as well and make sure that they're constituents are represented as well. I heard a lot of uh, talk from Becerra. Now, of course, he has to, he would have to follow through, but he does want to challenge Trump on issues of immigration and uh, also uh, issues on pay and also uh, equality in terms of women's equality as well. And so I think that that's important. Uh, John Cox, he wanted to just kind of take a, uh, almost like a state approach to everything. Uh, he said, of course, if the situation called for it, uh, he would, you know, challenge Trump, but that's not really his thing. And I really don't I really didn't see too much outside of, you know, attacking gangs, attacking, you know, drugs, the main, um, you know, in terms of at least law and order causes for, you know, Republicans and for conservatives. He got to that point, but no, not, nothing really about improving the situation, nothing about adding things to the community, more so just, OK, we're just going to lock people up. That's pretty much what I got from uh, Mr. Stephen Bailey. So, you know, again, that's just how I, you know, interpret it. Of course, somebody else might like that. And that's OK. Uh, he also has his experience as well. He served for eight years as a judge in El Dorado County. So you can't just discount that either.
And finally, another major battle we got is a superintendent of the school system. Uh, we got Marshall Tuck and Tony Thurman. I believe they've gone at this before um, for the same position. Uh, we've uh, This one, I've seen the majority. I think everybody's seen, at least my California residents, has seen enough of these two commercials, um, enough of both sides. We've seen Marshall Tuck against Tony Thurman commercials. We've seen the commercials for Tony Thurman building himself up. Uh, they both have their... Um, constituencies uh, but definitely I'm not gonna take too much I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promote e anybody uh, per se I just want to just put all the information out there for you guys to make the decision uh, Tony Thurman has already been involved in California the California school system uh, in the Sacramento area and also in the Bay Area as well uh, Marshall Tuck same thing um, there is uh, however in terms of Marshall Tuck there is there is a, a notion of this backing by Trump and his candidates and Trump and his party. So, uh, again, you might want to look at that if that's a problem for you. Uh, more so, I'm more so concerned about their track record, about how things get done. And with all that being said, as much as I think I do like Tony Thurman, there has been some negative uh, things that's been said about him. So, uh, once again, you guys, uh, before you make those votes, make sure you guys do your research, read up on everything again. Uh, I'll be doing that as well i'll be voting a little bit later on today and again like i said if you guys have an issue if you guys feel like you know there's issues that need to be addressed i will get out there and vote uh and no it doesn't seem uh in in all in, in the big in the big picture i know to some people it doesn't seem like it's effective but it's working for some people and it's working for specific groups of people so if it works for them it it ought to work for you too if you if you gave a damn and you really put your put your homework and you did your homework on it and you really you know tried and did it all right y'all so we're gonna take a quick break uh we're gonna get into some college football uh we're gonna go over the college football rankings for the for the beginning of the week and then we're gonna be also going over some nfl scores as well and then we'll be wrapping everything up with the uh with the nba all right y'all we'll be right back all right, my people, we are back, and we're going to get right into this college football. We had a lot of action over the weekend, of course. Uh, we got to go through these rankings a little bit. Now, since we're on to the college football, well, since we're on to the playoff rankings now, I'll just do the top four, and I'll always do a few teams that are on the outside looking in. There's no reason to really go through the whole top 25 uh, unless there's a lot of losses and a lot of those places, a lot of those uh, less one through four changes on a weekly basis. Anything after uh, seven or eight, it's not really that important at this time. They're not going to make it that far at this point in terms of ranking. So this is kind of already set in stone. Like I said, unless there's a couple more losses to these top four teams or something like that uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, don't I wouldn't worry about it if I were you. The four teams you hear near here now are more than likely going to be around. I would say with the exception of Michigan up until the last uh, up until the last week of the season. So let's go through this top four real quick. Of course, we have Alabama sitting there at number one. They're currently at 9-0. They had a really solid game, uh, a really solid win uh, this weekend, last weekend, excuse me, against LSU. They went to LSU, and a lot was said about their offense, Tua Bungaloa, and even about Jalen Hurts coming, you know, and doing some uh, spot-up duty and everything like that. But uh, this this weekend, well, last weekend, excuse me, that defense stepped up. Uh, Tua Bungaloa threw his first interception of the season, uh, but the, def the defense pitched a perfect shutout. Uh, Alabama won that game 25 to 0. Of course, LSU was number four in the nation. So that does nothing but, you know, boost Alabama up even more. And uh, the win that we saw, it's a little bit scary because a lot has been said about their offense, about them being able to score. Uh, but if we're shutting out top four opponents, that's taking it to another level. At this point, 
I don't really see who can take them out this year. That's just me. Uh, maybe Clemson, but but that's it. Uh, speaking of this week's action, though, they'll be going. Well, they'll be hosting number eighteen Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is a pretty solid team. They they you know they're a running uh, football team, but again, I think Alabama, of course, being the favorite, I think it takes that one too. A uh, pretty big margin as well. And number two, we have uh, Clemson. Now, they had a monster win this weekend. Uh, they uh, hosted Louisville and beat that ass 77-16. Clemson, in my opinion, is probably the best offensive-looking team. Uh, they have a great freshman quarterback in the name of Trevor Lawrence, and they also got a, uh, a Heisman candidate in Tre- uh, excuse me, Trevor Etienne. Uh, he also ran for about a buck 53 at uh, Buck 53 on Saturday as well. Uh, this weekend, they'll be traveling to number 17, Boston College. I'm not too sure how how good Boston College is this year. I haven't seen too much action from them as of late, uh, but they are ranked in the top well, top 25, uh, close to the top 15. So I will say that they've earned their earned their spot. Uh, but again, I just see Clemson winning that game easily. I don't see who can really challenge them until they get to the playoff. Uh, at number three, we have Notre Dame. Uh, they had a pretty easy win last weekend. They were able to pick up a W against Northwestern, 31-22. to uh, They'll have another easy win coming up this weekend as well. They'll be uh, hosting Florida State. Uh, so far, um, they definitely, you know, being undefeated at 9-0, and uh, there's definitely not too much that you can say. Uh, they've already knocked off Michigan, who's a top four team right with them. Uh, again, you'll, in my opinion, there's nobody really that can test them. Uh, possibly, uh, they, I think I believe they do still play USC. Uh, USC is, an, is a shell of its former self, but just because of, of name, I, you know, just, just a, as a lookout, you know, I would look out for that game. But outside of that, I'm not too sure who beats Notre Dame at this point. Again, uh, they're, they're in the same position as Clemson and Alabama. You don't really see anything happen significantly, significantly till, till uh, playoff time with them. And finally, you got Michigan. Uh, I think this is the only team in the top four, in my opinion, that has the potential to to lose. They've already lost to Notre Dame. Uh, they still have to play Ohio State. Despite Ohio State taking their loss to uh, Purdue, I know there's a lot of people that might be looking at this year. You know, well, I know a lot of people are calling this Michigan's revenge tour. I have to believe it to see it. Uh, they had a pretty, they had a really good win though uh, last week at number twenty-one, Penn State, forty-two to seven. So they blew them out. They'll be playing Rutgers this week, an easy game. Again, they gotta go through Ohio State. They haven't been able to beat Ohio State in the past four or five years. So until I, until I see that, I'm not convinced of them being a, a four-place team. That's just me. And Joe Clack can get mad and you can talk about all the bias. Again, we've already seen Michigan lose. Uh, so it's not, it's you know, to me with them already losing, take, taking that L. It was, it was a significant L to Notre Dame earlier this year, too. And, um, again, they didn't really play stellar against Northwestern. There was a couple conference games that did not look great on their on their part they're gonna have to beat they're gonna have to beat the hell out of Ohio State for me to give give them any respect I don't have them in my top four uh my top four at this point is Bama Clemson Notre Dame and uh just to just because it it irks people I'm gonna go with, with Washington State of course they don't play in the in the perfect conference at this point in time that the Pac-12 has taken a lot of significant losses but really it's because the the uh the level of competition between each team is not that far away. They're pretty much even with each other. The Pac-12 is not that bad of a conference. We're eating each other alive. That's the point here that I'm trying to make. Um, we have uh, three teams on the outside looking in. Uh, we got uh, Alabama, 
uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Georgia, excuse me. They're sitting at 8-1 eight and, eight and one, uh, currently. They had a good win last week against Kentucky, 34-17. to 17. I'm not surprised they were able to get that game, being that Kentucky really doesn't have any offense, unfortunately. Uh, they can run the ball a little bit, but they can't throw that ball at all, at all, at all uh, to save their life. So, uh, easy win for Georgia. Uh, and, uh, and this one should be another uh, another gimme. They will be playing Auburn. Uh, Auburn has won two in a row, I, I do think. But again, Georgia looks to be the better team. They've uh, definitely improved from that loss against Alabama, especially on the defensive side of the ball. At number six, uh, we have Oklahoma. They are at eight and one. Uh, they had a solid win last week. They were able to get the, the notch 51 to 46 against Texas Tech. Uh, this week, they'll be playing their rival, Oklahoma State, their big rival in the Bedlam game. So look out for that one. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced with Oklahoma either. Uh, again, they've already taken an early loss for me. They took a loss to Texas. I think Texas is a good team as well. Uh, so again, Unless they went out the rest of their games, they still have to play West Virginia. I still don't see them moving up too much at this point either. And then finally, we got Washington State. They're currently at number seven in the big time rankings, but I have them in my top four. I've already kind of talked about them already. Uh, they won 19-13 against Cal last weekend. Not the most stellar game, and I think that's what kind of what kept them stagnant. They will be going to Colorado this weekend. Colorado is a somewhat it's better than they have been in the past few years. But again, Washington has too much too much offense and a lot and a lot better defense than people give him credit for. I'm gonna have to go Washington in that game. I think Washington should should move up. Washington State should move up eventually. I think they win the rest the rest of their games out. I don't believe in Georgia's ability to do that or Oklahoma's ability to do that to do that, excuse me, or even Michigan's ability to win out. I'm sorry. Um I have not seen Michigan beat Ohio State until I do. I do not have them as a favorite and I really don't think that they belong in the top four. That's just me. All right, y'all, so we're going to move on. We're going to go into some NFL. Let's go over the scores that happened last week. Uh, we're starting off with Thursday night. Of course, the Raiders took that monster loss to the third-string quarterback, Nick Mullins, in the 49ers, 34-3. Uh, the Falcons, they were able to get right. Uh, they were able to beat the Redskins, 38-14. to uh, The Lions, uh, they go down to the Vikings, 9-24. to uh, The Steelers, they beat the Ravens, 23-16. to The Chiefs lose to the uh, – Chiefs beat the Browns, excuse me, 37 to 21. Uh, the Dolphins end up beating the Chiefs 13 to 6. Uh, the Bears, they beat the Bills 41 to 9. Uh, the Buccaneers go down to the Panthers in NFC South action 28 to 42. The Chargers get the win against the Seahawks 25 to 17. Chargers are looking, looking like one of the better teams in the league right now. That's just my opinion. Uh, the Texans beat the Broncos 19 to 17. Uh, the Rams finally get their first loss of the year going down to the uh, Saints at 34 to 45 and the Packers lose to the Patriots that's not so much of a surprise 31 to 17 and then we got some Monday night action to go over uh, the Dallas Cowboys went down to uh, the Tennessee Titans 28 to 28 to 14 that's a little bit surprising for me but uh, let's go over these stats real quick uh, in terms of the Titans uh, Marcus Mariota had went 21 to 29 for two touchdowns uh, he also had a rushing touchdown as well Deion Lewis went for 62 yards on the ground he also had a, a receiving touchdown Derrick Henry also rushed for a touchdown as well in terms of receiving uh, Corey Davis had 56 yards uh, and Johnny Smith also got a touchdown as well and on defense Wesley Woodard, Woodard led the way he had eight total tackles and a sack uh, Kevin Biard also had five total tackles and an interception the cornerback and and all together that defense had five total sacks so they were able to get at the quarterback uh, of course that 
Uh, if you look at his numbers, he did his thing. But, of course, uh, Tennessee's defense played really hard. And um, Marcus Mariota, he played hard as well. I uh, was not expecting him to have a great, well, pretty solid game on his end. I wasn't expecting two touchdowns from him. Uh, we got the Cowboys. Uh, Dak, he went 21-31 for 243 yards. He had a couple touchdowns, but he threw an interception as well. Uh, Zeke led the way in terms of rushing. He had 61 total yards. And on receiving, we have Amari Cooper. Uh, he got his first start with a Cowboys last night. He went for 58 yards. He also caught a pass uh, for a touchdown. And so did Alex Hearns. He got one touchdown as well. And on defense, Leighton Van Der Esch led the way with nine total tackles. I really don't know what to say about this game. I really had the Cowboys winning. Um, I, I'm not to say that I'm convinced with the Cowboys in their playoffs, uh, their playoff spot or their ability to get one. Uh, but I just felt that the Titans, they really didn't have any offense at all. Uh, they really didn't have any consistency. I felt that they had a solid defense, but again, uh, I, don't, I didn't think they had enough points to keep up with Dallas, but uh, could get to can, can, you know, score a lot of points to keep up with Dallas. But uh, apparently their defense did come up and Mariota converted uh, when he was supposed to. And uh, again, I'm not too sure what to make of this right now, of course. But uh, let's go through these standings real quick. Let's go through the NFL, NFL standings real quick. Let's start with the AF, uh, AFC, excuse me. Going to the AFC, AFC East, excuse me. We have the Pats on top. They are currently at 7-2. and two. Uh, The Dolphins are at 5-4. and four. They are second place in the, in the division. At third, we have the Jets. They are three and six. And at four, we have the Bills coming in at two and seven. In the Western Division, we have the Chiefs on top, eight and one. We got the Chargers in second at six and at six and two. Excuse me. Right below them, we have the Broncos at three and six. And bringing up the rear, we have the Raiders at one and seven. Still can't get it right. Uh, of course, what do you expect? Uh, North, we have the Steelers on top, five and two overall. The Bengals are five and three overall. Uh, the Ravens are also four and five overall. And also, the the Browns are bringing up the rear. They are currently at two, six, and one. Excuse me. And uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, not the the Ravens are actually uh, five and three. Excuse me. Excuse me. I read that wrong. <laughs> and finally, we got the AFC South. Excuse me. Uh, we have the Texans here at six and three. Uh, the doll. I'm sorry. The the Titans at second. They are at four and four. We have the Colts in third and the Jags at fourth. They are both three and five respectively. Now moving on to the NFC, starting with the NFC East, we have the Redskins on top. Despite the loss, they are at five and three. And I think people, you know, they look at the losses. They are some ugly losses, but they got to look at the situation. There's only three of them on that record. And uh, at this point in the season, they're still number one in the division. I like their chances of making the playoffs. Uh, I again, uh, their offense isn't necessarily something you can write home about every night. But that defense, for the most part, can get it done. So hopefully they're able to to, to, to at least stay somewhat consistent. At two, we have the Eagles. They are currently at four and four. At three, we have the Cowboys, who just suffered another loss. They are at three and five. And then at the bottom, we have the Giants. No surprise here, one and seven. Uh, as far as the Western Division, we got the Rams on top at eight and one. We have the Seahawks at four and four. The Cardinals sit at two and six, and the Niners are at two and seven at the bottom. And in the North, we have the Bears on top at five and three. They're basically tied with the Vikings, who are also at five and three yet have the tie with the Packers speaking of the Packers they are at third uh, they are at three four 
three and four with the tie. Uh, and then also we have the Lions here at three and five. And finally, we have the NFC South. The Saints are on top, seven and one. Uh, they had a very great win against the Rams this weekend. Uh, a, a lot can be said about their playoff chance or their Super Bowl champ, uh, chances for that matter. Uh, we have the Panthers at second. They are at six and two. The Falcons are at four and four. They finally made it to five hundred. They are at third place in their division. And then bringing up the rear, we have the Buccaneers at three and five. All right, ladies and gents, we're gonna take one last quick break, and then we're gonna go over some NBA stuff as well. We're gonna go over last night's scores. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. Let's wrap this up for today. And like I said, we're going to go over the NBA action from last night. And let's get it started with the Rockets beating his Pacers 98 to 94. The Cavs lose to the Magic 100 to 102. The Heat beat the Pistons 120 to 115 in overtime. The Bulls beat the Knicks 116 to 115 also in overtime. Uh, the Pelicans beat the Thunder. I'm sorry, the Pelicans go down to the Thunder 116 to 130. Uh, Russell Westbrook also ended up leaving, leaving this game with a sprained ankle. There's no real time tip on how long he'll be out. Uh, when I get some, uh, when I think when I get some more clarification on that, I'll also talk to you guys about that. Uh, the Celtics beat the Nuggets one. I'm sorry, the Celtics lose to the Nuggets 102 to 115. Let's go over this game real quick. As far as the Celtics are concerned. Uh, Jason Tatum with 15 points. He also has some, he had four assists as well. Kyrie Irving led the way in terms of total points. He had 31 points, five assists, and Gordon Hayward also helped out as well. He had eight points, nine rebounds. I'm pretty sure. I think Al Horford had about 15 points as well, too. Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, he explodes. He has a 50 point game. Four assists. Gary Harris also has 13 points. And Trey Lyles also scored 13 coming off the bench. The Nuggets, their breakthrough season is is still on. They're currently at 9-1 overall. The Celtics moved down to 6-4. and four. Uh, next game I wanted to break down was the Raptors and the Jazz. The Raptors got the win 124-111 without Kawhi. Uh, the Raptors moved to 10-1. Uh, Jazz moved down to 4-6. Let's talk about these stats a little bit. Uh, in terms of the Raptors, Kyrie, uh, Kyle Lowry excuse me, led the way. He had 17 points and 11 assists. OG Anubi also had 17 points as well. And Fred Van Fleet also was able to get 17 points off the bench. In terms of the Jazz, uh, shooting guard. Alec Burks led the way. He had 22 points off the bench. And also Rudy Gobert helped out with a double-double. 14 points, 12 rebounds. And uh, again, another solid game for the Nuggets. It looked like they want to contend. And just... Just more of a reason why this is going to be a rough year for the Lakers. Again, we have the Nuggets at 9-1. I'm pretty sure. I know the, the Blazers are significantly over 500, a few games over 500. It's just going to get harder and harder. Uh, the Jazz are taking a step back, which is a little bit, you know, a little bit surprising. But um, I think really what's happened is a lot of people are improving. A lot of people improved more than we thought. But, uh, again, the Warriors are just a step and above a lot of these different teams. So, We'll see when it comes down to playoff time. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, by the by the way, they were able to get a, a yet another win against the Grizzlies, 117-101. And finally, we got the T-Wolves. Uh, they also took an L, to, uh, took an L last night to the Clippers, 120-109. Uh, there is some Jimmy, uh, there is some Jimmy Butler speculation. Uh, there is, there's, there has been talk about him wanting to go to the Clippers as well. 
another weak-ass team. Uh, I forgot to mention when I first brought the situation up that Houston did have a um, trade. They were trying to work out for him with four straight uh, first-rounders. I thought that would have made no sense. I don't think he works well uh, with an aging Chris Paul. I don't think he works well with a pass way past his prime Carmelo. I don't see how that works. Um and a James Harden who just cannot stay focused. Uh, I don't see how that all works there in Houston again. Uh, there was also speculation that he might want to join the Clippers. Another dumpster fire. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that either. I just think he's, like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep um, saying it. I think he's a little bit selfish right now. You know, I think his team is is better than what he wants to give them credit for, better than, you know, the NBA. Well, I think the NBA raced him just right. I, again, I just think he's being in his little emotions right now. I think he needs to let that go because I think he has more, he has more, a better chance of being successful in Minnesota than in Brooklyn, than with the Clippers or even with uh, Houston. Houston is not the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the season, but I think a lot of people knew that. I don't I don't see why you would want to play with Carmelo at this stage in his career. I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, knowing what I know about Carmelo now, in hindsight, I don't think I would want to play with him back in the Knicks days or even maybe the, the you know, the Denver days. That's just me. I just, that's just me. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, flaws with the team that he, the teams that he says he wants to go to. And it kind of just, you know, I just don't get it. I mean, if you're in a, a position where you're on a team that could potentially challenge for a playoff spot that's been to the playoffs already, uh, that really just suffered only because they didn't have you in the playoffs. That's the only reason why they didn't do that well. Uh, but again, um, that's his feelings. That's how he feels. That's, you know, that's his right to be that way. All right, y'all. So we're going to wrap this up for today. Uh, our next episode, of course, we're going to have the world on the street, as we always do. Uh, we're going to have a top seven uh, power rankings for the NFL. Uh, we're going to also go over some conference standings for college football as well. Uh, I want you guys to get an understanding of where we're at. Uh, we are getting to those the end of the season for the college football. We're going to have those conference championships, championship games, excuse me, coming up. I want to give you guys a little uh, preview on who's, who's going where and who's doing what. We'll also talk about some ball games, too, eventually. Um, as far as the NBA goes, we're more than likely, oh, yeah, I already said I'll be talking some more about that uh, Russell Westbrook injury. It doesn't seem to be uh, serious, but he did leave that uh, he did leave that game last night against the Pelicans. We will talk a little bit more about that. And uh, definitely uh, some MLB. I know there's been some free agency signings too for baseball. So we're going to talk about those in the next episode as well. And that should come out. I should have that ready for you guys. Uh, if not tomorrow, uh, then uh, the next night. And, uh, we'll be looking at uh, today's Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday. If not Wednesday night, then Thursday night, y'all. So uh, we're going to wrap this up for today. Again, this is your man, El Jamal, coming through, reminding my people, if you feel some type of way, get out there and let your voice be heard. Voice, uh, vote, excuse me. And if you don't have anything to complain about, hush up. Don't say nothing. I don't necessarily want to hear from you. All right, y'all. If I haven't told you yet already, I love you and you guys have a good day. One love. Peace out.